0: Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse number uh, 37. The Bible says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. We ought to all read this together. Everybody ought to read this verse together. Surely everybody can quote it here today. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Hey, we can do better than that. You all said you were going to help me. Lift your voices and say it with passion. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise was unto you is unto you and to your children and to all that are in Little Rock, afar off. Uh, off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word. I'm glad there's still some folks that gladly receive his word, the word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. daily such as should be saved. Praise God. And here's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Very, very simple, I told you, but I'm going to preach to you on this subject. Let's just be apostolic. Let's just be apostolic put your bibles down and put your hands together give the lord another round of applause here today and shout unto the lord with a voice of triumph praise god hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus praise god hallelujah 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. I noticed that back when I first preached this some 17, 18 years ago, I had put in my notes that the terror attacks on 9-11 had just Recently occurred, and uh, America had retaliated. War in Afghanistan was taking place. The world was in shock and turmoil, and uh, major corporations also were failing because there was an economic duress that was happening across the country, the future of a lot of people was uncertain. And now you fast forward all these years and things aren't a whole lot better. We've been through two very unlikely presidential uh, elections or different presidencies, and the country sadly is more divided than it has ever been before. Whereas after 9-11, patriotism ran high, today patriotism is scorned, and our flag is disrespected. And uh, abortion advocates have grown bolder, even to the point where uh, up to the day that the baby is born, they don't. Uh, have any qualms about declaring it anymore. The Democrat Party, I know this is not a political rally, but the Democrat Party has become a culture of death. Amen. And mass murders are on the rise, and confusion abounds, and distrust of the authorities is pervasive in our society. Certainly we're living in very uncertain times. We talk about this day and age. You know, I've listened uh, even to older messages on Holy Ghost Radio from time to time. I hear messages that are 30 and 40 years old and I hear the expressions, this day and age, the times we're living in, and how bad things were at that time. And it just didn't seem like it could get any worse. But here we are decades ahead and we're still talking about this day and age and the times that we're living in. And it's undeniable, but you know the truth of the matter is that it's always been that way. There's always been something going on, always been turmoil, always been trouble. The devil's always been working. But I'm glad to say God's always been on the throne, not been a single day. That he hasn't been in charge and in control as we heard yesterday afternoon god is going to accomplish his purposes i'm glad to be alive and in the world today god has a plan for his church he hasn't forgotten about us he has selected that we would be here at this point in time for a reason oh i hope he's not disappointed in me I want to do the work that God has assigned me to do in this day and hour. Do we have anybody else that feels that way this afternoon? Praise God. Amen. But people are still seeking stability and a sense of belonging. And it seems like deep down they are unsettled and dissatisfied. And I thought about the fact that there's a lot of people That are always trying to be something that they are not. The poor want to be rich. And the rich want to get richer still because they think they're still poor. The common man wants to live like the famous people and the celebrities. They want to pretend that they are common people. The young want to be grown up. The adults want to act like they're young. Women want to look like men and men are trying to get in touch with their feminine side. I hope there's none like that here today. Praise the Lord. And uh, this is a time of gender confusion and people get to choose what gender they are and what gender they identify with. And And uh, somebody said there's 17 now different genders. And somebody else uh, said much more than that. It's a crazy, confused environment that we are living in today. Praise the Lord. Many people spend fortunes on diets and uh, spas and cosmetics and surgeries. Trying to look different than what they actually look. Ambition drives others to sacrifice what they already have in the pursuit of things that they probably should never have even in the religious world it seems like they are restless and and they're shopping around always trying to find the perfect church the perfect dogma the perfect creed just a lot of dissatisfaction with what they are wanting to be something else But what troubles me even more than that and what is of greater concern are a lot of so-called Pentecostal and Apostolic people who seem to have grown ashamed of their heritage and of their background and the holy roller stigma that somehow stuck with Pentecost. I guess we're still Holy Rollers, aren't we? There's still a few among us. And the branding of separation. And they're trying more and more to distance themselves from it. To blend with the world. To melt into it. To homogenize with their surroundings. And with our culture. Praise the Lord. A little bit more every day. To look like them. To dress like them. To act like them. To talk like them. Amen. They don't stop to consider the great price that was paid. In order to bring us into what we are into today. I'm here to tell you. I'm not looking to be anything else. But what I am. I'm glad I'm a one God apostolic. Tongue talking. Holy Ghost filled believer today. Grateful for a life changing experience. Amen. You know the truth of the matter is most of us were not even looking for it. God just brought it to us in all of his kindness and all of his mercy. I know I've commented on it a lot of times before. Amen. But when I go to Sao Paulo, Brazil, I walk out on the balcony of the hotel and look out across the city of over 20 million people and a lot of times with the tears running down my face I have to ask the question God how did you find us here but he found us we weren't even really looking and he found us you may have been on skid row you may have been on drugs you may have been an alcoholic you may have been whatever amen an agnostic you weren't looking for it but God reached out his hand and he found you and he saved you and just like that old song I went to the meeting one night, and my heart wasn't right, but something got a hold of me, and now here you are, and you have the luxury to stand around amen, all complacent and half-hearted and disinterested like it doesn't mean anything to you, but I'd like to believe there's a group of people in this room today that are happy and thankful and proud to be apostolic. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle in times past in the lusts of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but you were so smart but you were so intelligent but you were so sharp but you were so fortunate no but God who is rich in mercy but God Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where else do you want to be that's better than that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. And verse 12 says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace and hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And then it says, Now therefore, you are no more strangers, amen, and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Oh, I'm glad I'm in the church today. I'm glad He saved me. I'm glad He had mercy on me. I'm glad His grace reached out. I'm glad His blood still has the power to cover us. Amen. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not we don't fit in with any other group anywhere we are unique amen we are a class all to ourselves we are apostolics come on can you help me a little bit here today a select body of believers Not a denomination, not an organization, not a sect, not a special interest group, not a political party or clique, praise the Lord, and we are more than just an ethnic group, a race, a color, a language, a nationality, or a culture, amen, what we are in transcends all of that. Praise God. I'm glad that there's no real bigotry in the church. No real prejudice in the church. There ought not to be. There's only one color that matters in here. And that's the color red of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are a people. Amen. That share a common experience. Everybody here, amen, can sing the song. I've already been to the water. I've already been baptized. I've already been converted. And I feel, I feel all right. I told you it's gonna be simple, but I'm preaching to folks that aren't even here. And I want them to understand this is not simple. This is not easy. This is not free. This is not cheap. This is real. This is wonderful. This is extraordinary. This is supernatural. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. I was was preaching a camp in California a few weeks ago and I was remembering, amen, when my sons received the Holy Ghost. And I received the Holy Ghost when I was seven years old in an all-night prayer meeting in Sao Paulo, Brazil at 2.30 in the morning. We had all-night prayer meetings every month back in those days and yes, I slept through many of them but I wasn't sleeping that night I received the Holy Ghost at 2.30 in the morning speaking in other tongues and I was baptized in a metal tank outside in the yard Amen. I didn't understand everything there was to know about it back then Oh, but I'm so glad I've had it all these years it has kept me all these years And so my son, Gabriel, that's here, amen, when he turned seven, he decided if dad got the Holy Ghost when he was seven, he needed the Holy Ghost when he was seven. And my dad was still a missionary at that time. I hadn't been pastoring in Louisiana long. And my dad came through, and so he was with us on a Sunday morning, and after morning service, amen, uh, Gabriel uh, told him that he needed to speak to him in private, And so he and my dad went into a back room, and they shut the door. I was not invited. They shut the door, and they had a conversation back there about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And after a little bit, he came out, and uh, he didn't even glance in our direction. He went and found himself a box of Kleenex, and then he went and locked himself in my office. And then we heard, we heard the most passionate and sincere praying and crying coming from in there, seven years old, amen. And, and uh, we wanted to go in there, but my dad said, no, leave him, leave him, he's got to, he's got to get it for himself, amen. He didn't get it right then, but that night uh, at the close of the service, he came to the front and God filled him with the Holy Ghost at seven years old, and I baptized him, amen, and he's now 36 or 37, and it's kept him all these years, and now he has a son, Jonathan, that just uh, uh, not even a year ago also received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've got siblings, they take their kids to NASCAR races and, and ball games and all kinds of other functions and activities. And all we've ever done is go to camp meeting and go to special services. But you know what? It's camp them! I'm glad I'm apostolic tonight. So, a few years later, When my middle son turned seven, Gabriel started riding him pretty hard. He said, Dad got it when he was seven. I got it when I was seven. It's high time you get the Holy Ghost. So we went to youth conference in Akron, Ohio. Amen. And I was teaching the day services that year. And Michael, my middle son, made up his mind. He he was gonna get the Holy Ghost at that meeting. Oh, he, he was sure of it. And I thought, oh man, I." I hope it does because if he doesn't i don't know what i'm going to say to him or how, how he's going to get over it and so each night uh, when the altar call was given he'd be up there seeking the holy ghost seeking the holy ghost and now it is the last night and he still hasn't received it and uh, brother Sissel was preaching and uh, what brother Sissel would preach everybody would jump up and, and holler and scream and, and when they would do that michael would jump up and start seeking the holy ghost and then brother Sissel would say sit down so he'd have to sit down again and then they'd get to jumping and hollering again and michael would get up start seeking the holy ghost oh brother calvert i think i saw him here the other night i don't know if he's here this afternoon he was praying with him and finally brother Sissel, amen opened up the altar for everyone and within 10 minutes Michael was speaking with other tongues and we had to get up early the next morning and go to the airport and so uh it was just me and my two older boys my wife was not able to go that year and and so uh, i woke them up early in the morning to go to the airport and when i woke michael up the first thing he did was sit bolt upright in the bed and start singing i got the holy ghost down in my cell just like the bible said Oh, I'm telling you, this is special. This is real. This is wonderful. This is not worth trading for anything else in the world. Come on, can you love him and praise him today? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I just want to go on record here this afternoon as primitive as this is and say one more time I'm proud to be apostolic. I'm proud to be a part of the most beautiful people in the world. I want you to know this afternoon, I am not having an identity crisis. I'm not confused. I'm not uncertain and I'm not disoriented. It is high time that we know who we are and what we are. We are the people of almighty God. I'm not feeling an inferiority complex. I'm not trying to be like the Catholics. I'm not trying to be like the Presbyterians. I'm not trying to be like the Methodists. And I'm not trying to be like the Baptists. And I'm certainly not trying to be like the Charismatics. We're not in competition with any one of them, amen. We do not need to, amen, uh, somehow blend or, or, or conform to them to receive their approval and their validation. I don't care what they think about us. The only thing that matters is what he thinks about us. We don't get our sense of worth from them. I don't care if they laugh at us. I don't care if they make fun of us. I don't care if they scorn us. And I don't even care if loose apostolic or so-called Pentecostals laugh at us. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm glad to be an apostolic here today. The charismatic movement is shallow. It's foolish It's trendy, it's fickle, and it is entertainment-oriented. They've got to be constantly coming up with something new and fresh and exciting to keep their people interested, or they'll lose them to another assembly. Praise God. It's got to be innovative. It's got to be more outlandish than the last thing. Amen. We don't need to imitate their programs. We don't need to imitate their shows. We don't need to imitate their concerts or anything else that they do. So that's the way it's being done today. That's the way they're doing it. But we're doing it different. We don't need a power team. hold our young folks in church what we need is the anointed preaching of the Word of God what we need are Saints that are on fire for God what we need is a church that is full of the Holy Ghost nobody else does it like we do we don't need the special effects We don't need the fake smoke. We don't need all the other stuff. Amen. You want all of that, go to Hollywood, go to Broadway, go to Disneyland. Amen. But there's nothing like an old-fashioned prayer meeting. There's nothing like a move of God in a church service. That'll get a hold of people's hearts. We start down that road, there's no end to it. I know I sound like a broken record here today and I've said this probably every year that I've preached here but I'm glad I haven't changed my mind either whatever it took to get you in church is what it's going to take to keep you in church if you got sung in they got to keep singing to keep you in if you got entertained in you got, they got to keep entertaining you to keep you in if they scared you in, they got to keep scaring you, they keep you in. But if they just preached you in, all they got to do is keep preaching. And still please God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that belief. That's the apostolic way and I'm glad I'm apostolic today. There never has been a day that we couldn't compete, if you will, with all of their fanfare and programs because they do all of that because they don't have the anointing. The more of that that you gotta do, the less anointing you have. The more anointing you have, the less of that you need. There's nothing like coming to church And even before you sing the first song The Holy Ghost falls during the pre-service prayer Nothing happening Nobody doing vocal calisthenics Nobody trying to pull rabbits out of hats It's just an old-fashioned move of God That's the apostolic way Y'all hearing me here today? Where's the folks that are standing in for the young people? The young people need to know the world will never be as good as what they have it in here. Away with these churches that are doing away with Sunday night service so they can go to the ball games. Oh, did I touch a raw nerve just then? So let me say it again. For the benefit of everybody listening in too. Away with these churches that are doing away with Sunday night service. So their people can go to the ball game. Or so they can have moving night together. they profess that they know God but in works they deny him and the Bible said in another place amen having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof it takes more than just going through the motions who was it was preaching the other day amen saying the seven sons of they learned the right movements they learned the right words but they didn't have the relationship you can learn when to jump. You can learn when to holler. You can learn when to sing. You can learn what to say. Amen. But you've got to have a relationship. You've got to have a walk with God. You've got to have an experience. You've got to be apostolic from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Oh, they laugh about us. And even other Pentecostals laugh about us amen because we're not we're not progressive enough not trying to be progressive what we have is real it's original it is authentic it is documented it is rare it is precious there's nothing else like it on the face of this earth come on somebody worship the lord here today I know I shouldn't have to be saying all this at a camp meeting like this but I'm saying it because a whole other generation has grown up. Amen. And we need to hear it over and over and over again. We need to be apostolic in doctrine. It might seem like Amen. Everybody already knows it, but you got to keep saying it. you got to keep preaching it. You might think all your folks know all about one God, but you'd be surprised how many of them can't offer up a single scripture. Can't defend it one little bit, because they don't really have a revelation of one God. But we're one God apostolic people the oneness of the Godhead should be the centerpiece of our preaching. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. That's not just a gimmick to get you to shout to get you to say amen praise the Lord if you really understood it you would know why the Bible says you believe there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe we ought to give him a good shake here today there's still just one God and his name is Jesus We're the only people that get excited about the Godhead. I just can't see the Trinitarians getting excited about what they believe of the Godhead. When they talk about three gods or three persons in the Godhead, I can't see any of them jumping up and hollering, amen or running the aisles. But when we say there's one God, there's something electric, there's something supernatural, there's something powerful that moves through the congregation. Nobody gets excited about it like we do. until our young people will never ever ever be comfortable in a Trinitarian church <laughs> praise the Lord praise the Lord I was preaching several years ago in California another meeting and, and uh, the, the folks got to singing amen About the Godhead. And uh, they started singing. uh, Oh, how does that first verse go? The Mighty God is Jesus, Prince of Peace is He, the Everlasting Father, the King eternally, the Wonderful in Wisdom, by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. And everybody was just singing all real nice and dutifully when suddenly I saw movement out of the corner of my eye and here comes a young man dancing and his feet are touching down like about every 15 feet or so. He is really galloping. And then I noticed the teardrop tattoos going down the side of his face and the other symbols of having been a member of a gang and there he was, a bunch of apostolic people just singing, it's all in him it's all in and here he comes it's all in him the fullness of the Godhead is all in him come on, we ought to shout to the Lord here again today We ought to never get tired of preaching Acts 2.38. Even if the folks go, oh, here we go again. We need to preach Acts 2.38 till the world looks flat. Because it's the only gospel. I said it's the only gospel. Hey, for you all, back. There, I said, it's the only gospel. I've told folks, if you want me to be involved in an event, expect to hear Acts 238. If it's a wedding, I'm going to work Acts 238 in. If it's a baby dedication, I'm going to work Acts 238 in. If it's a funeral, I'm going to work Acts 2.38 in. If it's a graduation, Acts 2.38. Somebody said, well, a lot of those folks didn't really come to hear the preaching. They just came to celebrate the event. Oh, really? Too bad, so sad. If they're there, I'm going to preach to them. Acts 2.38. They get mad, they'll just have to get glad. If they want to leave, they have the option to leave. But they're not going to intimidate the pulpit into what we can or cannot preach. It's still Acts 238 or hell. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. It didn't just say for the forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins. You can be forgiven and the sins still be on your record. But when they have been remitted, the sins are gone. Everybody needs to hear that. It's gotten to where I go to funerals at apostolic churches and don't hear the gospel mentioned one time. Go to whole meetings. Acts 2.38 never mentioned one time. We assume our kids already know all that. Praise the Lord. Instead, amen, we hear all this intellectual babble. No, I got to be nice. I'm sorry. I'm not home. We're trying to be so trendy and so sophisticated. We want to impress one another. We read this book and we read that book. and This gospel is more powerful than any of that other stuff. More powerful than the tipping point more powerful than the power of positive thinking. is more powerful than any of the self-help books that you can read. There's nothing that can change lives like Acts 2.38. Got to hurry here today. I was getting ready to teach a Sunday morning lesson some years ago when we were still in Louisiana and my son Gabriel came in five minutes before service he said dad guess what judge so-and-so is here this morning it was a woman judge and her husband and all her kids and they're sitting on the second row I thought a judge now that might happen all the time in some of your churches but it didn't happen that often in that little assembly and I knew, and this was a woman that had just recently been appointed to a federal judgeship. So she was one of the best in the business. She was, she was no slouch. And if you didn't have a good argument, if you couldn't make a good point, she'd know it. So I started looking through my notes real quick. Oh my God, what have I got here? Is this going to be compelling enough? Amen. And so went into the church service and when i started teaching i forgot about my notes started talking about the fall in the garden and the terrible depravity that came on humankind and how man couldn't help himself man couldn't lift himself but god had a plan i started talking about the plan started talking about redemption talked about calvary talked about the blood Talked about the power of the Holy Ghost. And I called her by name and I said, Judge so and so is here. And I'm sure she's seen enough hard cases come through her courtroom that if she had the power to just speak the word and make it all good, she would do it. She started not just weeping, she started bawling. Her husband had to hand her a handkerchief. She couldn't stop crying. So i talked about the acts 238 salvation i wish that i could tell you that she prayed through that day but i will tell you this when service was over i went back to greet them and uh, after greeting them i went on to greet some other folks i didn't want to just hang around and whatever and the next thing i knew i felt somebody grab me by the arm and pull me around and it was her again, and she was still dabbing tears from her eyes. And she was saying, Pastor, I just want you to know that message moved me profoundly today. Amen. Next thing I know, she was coming in on our Wednesday night services with notepads and taking notes and all of this. What it did show me one more time is it doesn't matter who it is, this Acts 238 message. <laughs> Paul preached it to Felix and Felix trembled Paul preached it to Agrippa and Agrippa said you've almost persuaded me but that didn't stop him Paul said I'm ready to go to Rome and preach this because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it is the power of God unto salvation we are apostolic people we have a hold of the most powerful thing on the face of the earth Come on, worship him here a little bit. There's no substitute for anointed preaching. No substitute for anointed singing either. I've enjoyed all the singing since we've been here. But I'm telling you, Sister, she makes you touch me this morning, this afternoon. No substitute for anointing. Can we just put it that way? No substitute for anointing. It's been 17 or 18 years since I first preached this little simple message in a different venue. And a lot has happened in my life since then. My father, who was my guiding light my mainstay and my anchor, he passed away. Four months ago today, my mother passed away. I was holding her hand. I felt the last heartbeats from her pulse before she died. She was the first one, Brother Lambeth, the first one in our entire family to be baptized in Jesus' name. The first one. Of all of the LVRs and all the thousands that are saved and converted in Brazil through those works, she was the first one. It's a big story I won't go into here today, praise the Lord, but she passed away four years ago. Some of the darkest trials of my life, some of the most horrible days of my entire life have transpired during these years. But you know one reason why I just felt so compelled to go this direction today is because Of the wonderful feeling that I have to know, I have not changed my mind, not one little bit. I've seen some of my friends go a different direction. I've seen people compromise. I've watched strong churches go down. And I haven't heard him say, well done yet, but I'm glad that I can stand here all these many years later in spite of all the topsy-turviness of my life. Brother Urshan was preaching last night when the landscape changes. And there are things that happen to you that changes your whole DNA. You emerge from it a completely different person. You're not the same anymore. And I'm glad that I can still stand here and I'm just about going... Close. I have a lot more to say, but I'm gonna close and we all stand if you would please. I'm glad I can stand here today and say I have not changed my mind. I'm glad to be apostolic. Let's be apostolic in doctrine. Let's be apostolic in holiness and separation. We may have little differences among us, but we still preach against women cutting their hair. Even though there's a lot of them in Pentecost doing it. We still preach against jewelry. Makeup. Even all that marginal stuff that doesn't look all that bad at first, but eventually evolves into that. Short dresses, tight clothing, revealing attire, low cut necklines. Some of you pastors may allow short sleeves, I don't know. But I want to know why they just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Little cap sleeves and after a while they're not sleeves at all. Women that may not cut their hair but they fix it where it looks cut. Because they want to identify with that world. They're ashamed to be apostolic. Had a young lady leave our church one time and she said, You preach it too strong. After a while, all you're going to have is a bunch of old people left. There will be no young people left. You preach it too strong. And I wish they were in here right now, but there's a whole big group of them out there to prove that there are going to be young ladies and young men that are going to be proud and thankful and feel blessed to be apostolic. And all young men aren't going to try to look like they stepped out of gentlemen's quarterly, have those sissified hairdos, tight britches. Skinny jeans on heavyset people. And even some of you ladies. The dress might have been long enough when you first bought it. But you've increased a couple of sizes since then. And I don't have to get very descriptive to let you know as those hips expand. The hemlines rise. It's time for you to take a look in the mirror. And it's also time for some husbands and dads to get involved. You're the head of your house. In fact, maybe it's good that I just have the older folks here today, because I'm going to tell you what a great problem with our society here today nowadays is, that parents cannot say no to their children. Children are in control of everything. Do I sound bitter and mad? I'm sorry. I get a little bit tired of having to go through all of the torment of, of security screening at the airport. And they'll take a little old something from you, a little pair of scissors that big. And the terrorists still get on board. But this tall. They sit right behind me, they kick the seat, they scream, they holler, and the moms and dads act totally oblivious, Or you finally get to go out to a nice restaurant, pay big money for a good meal, and some little hellion in the table next to yours, and you can't enjoy a good meal. Because moms and dads don't know how to say no. Don't know how to take care of business. It's not just your pastor's job. How about some of you moms and dads saying no. You're not going out of the house looking like that. You're not going to church wearing that. Apostolic in holiness and separation. Yeah. Apostolic in worship. Yeah. Yeah. That's wholesome and clean and yeah. genuine. Not sensual. Yeah. 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 I know there's a big debate about music, the old music, the new music. And maybe I've even been part of the problem. I don't know. I don't care if it's old or new. But it ought to glorify God. Yeah. it ought to motivate pure and clean and wholesome worship how about music that talks about calvary how about music that talks about the blood how about music that talks about redemption how about instead of just about me 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 me, good feeling good this good that how about talking about him how about music that talks about heaven Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As my mother lay dying, we were playing music for her. She was still conscious and aware. And I noticed a lot of that old music, how much of it spoke about heaven. Crossing over and being before the throne and this and that. Amen. And she had fallen, hit her head, had a brain embolism and so it seemed like her right side was paralyzed but all of a sudden the song started playing about the church triumphant and that right arm that had not moved a bit since that fall she suddenly raised it and she was doing in in beat with that music I'm talking about the church in the book of Revelation it's built on a rock it's got a firm foundation It's been through the flood and it's been through the fire. And one of these days, this church is moving up higher. We're not staying here forever. Thank God we've got a better destination in mind. And one of these days, whenever you feel it's going to happen, it's going to happen. The church is going to get up and it's going to get out of here. How about everybody that's proud to be an apostolic And we'll commit to fighting to maintain Pentecost and this apostolic movement the way you have known it. So that your children and your grandchildren can grow up in that atmosphere. Could you join these others here at the front for just a few moments at the close of this service? Can you do it quickly? Could you stand in for your kids? Stand in for your young people? Commit yourself, lift your hands begin to call on him praise God praise God hallelujah 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 come on let's make some noise here today let's make some noise here today yes Lord yes Lord come on stand in for your children stand in for your family oh my God I know this hasn't been pretty and it hasn't been polished But I'm glad I'm apostolic today. What's wrong with being apostolic? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Pray with somebody close to you. Brother with brother, sister with sister, husband with wife. Pray with somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. Come on, folks, we can do better. There's a lot of people here. Hundreds of people here. Oh, let's make a noise, make a racket. Go ahead, sing, 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 sing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Oh, God, restore a passion in our hearts help us to continue steadfastly steadfastly in the apostles doctrine thank you Lord hallelujah hallelujah